Hello, welcome to Whip Beyond Measure. My name's Katrina Mayer. And I'm Elle Kammerer. And today we are talking about Mansfield Park chapters 44 through the end of the book. We finished! This is a pretty, pretty big book, man. Yeah, it's dense. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And she did not, like, no detail off was the spared. action. <laughs> yeah, no. no detail was spared. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. She didn't let off the gas at the end of the book is what I'm saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So. All right. So I have this super duper quick recap and there's just so much that happens in here. So I'm going to boil it down to three distinct events. Obviously, wow. okay. so, so, so much more than happens in these last chapters. Way more. But I'm just going to give you guys the three main things so you know the beats that we're going to hit on, and then we'll sprinkle in the other stuff um, as we talk about it. All right. First main event. Tom Jr. gets super duper sick, like to the point where he might die. It is very serious. People are freaking out. It's not okay. Second big event. Both of Sir Thomas's daughters essentially bring shame upon the family. One of them in a way that she will never recover from. And the other one, like, uh, it seems like recovery is possible for her at the end. Um, So Mariah will never recover because she basically fucked Henry Crawford, told her servants to, like, shut up about it. But everybody found out and, like, she left Rushworth and went to go live with him. And it was, like, bad news bears. Um, And then Julia eloped with Yates to Scotland. Um, We're going to come up with Julia's reasonings for why that happened. It's all explained in the end. Um, But it seems like Julia and Yates both could potentially recover from this by the end. Um, And then the third really big thing that happens is that Edmund finally falls out of love with Mary Crawford. His eyes are finally open to like how, I guess the word is uncaring, like how really uncaring she is and how Mm -hmm. not aligned with his values she Mm -hmm. is. Like he finally, finally sees it. Um, And he explains all of this to Fanny, which is how we, the reader, discover what she said and how he interpreted it and all of that good stuff. Um, So those are the three main big things. Obviously, there's a bunch of other little stuff that kind of happens. For example, Fanny has to stay an extra month in Portsmouth, which, like, is such a bummer. Susan gets to go live with her in Mansfield Park, which is kind of cool. And then the very last chapter kind of gives you a cap over what happened to all of the characters. Um with special attention on Sir Thomas. And that's it. The, the, you don't feel like the main character getting married and being pregnant at the end is a main beat? No, because we knew that was going to okay. happen. However, okay. when we get to the end of this episode, I'm going to share with you guys what my main focus for our wrap-up episode next week is, and I think you'll be interested in hearing about it. I have an interesting theory. Mm. Mm. Okay. Anyway, till we get there, let's go ahead and 
dive right in. <laughs> so we start off in Portsmouth. Mm-hmm. Fanny is still unhappy. She's been there seven weeks out of the eight she was supposed to. And then she finds out that she's probably not going to get to go home until after Easter. Which is like another month, essentially. Yeah, because it's a late Easter year mm-hmm. that year. And uh, she is pretty much just like waiting and a little dreading the letters that she keeps getting. So she's waiting for certain ones. Like she likes hearing from her aunt and stuff. Um, who apparently is really good at being like at correspondence because her husband is in parliament. So she's just really good at like she keeping has, up with this yeah, stuff. She has lots of people she writes letters to and she's developed that into a great little practice for herself. So yeah. yeah. And now granted she's talking about like Dr. Grant's gout, but still, she's just, she she keeps Fanny up to date, and Fanny really enjoys that, because she does like hearing, you know, something. Mm-hmm. But Fanny is also dreading the, the letter from Edmund still. Mm-hmm. She's waiting to hear from him about what's going on with him and Mary Crawford. And we get the a letter from him right away at the beginning of the section. And it's a long um, letter. Uh-huh. And he's very much like, sorry, I haven't written. And it's like, dude... <laughs> But it's a long letter, but it's still, like, it doesn't give her what she wants either, which mm-hmm. is a confirm or denial of the fact that they're going to get engaged. Yeah. Because that, that denial that we know is coming, it doesn't come until later. Exactly. And it's just, yeah. So he writes off this long letter that is essentially detailing, like, what happened when he was in London, what happened when he was seeing Mary Crawford. He's like, I see her a lot. But I don't know how she feels. I'm still unsure. And like, oh, I met her friends. Oh, they're terrible. They're the reason why Mary Crawford is so influenced. If all, when, as soon as I can marry her, hopefully if I can marry her, I'll get her away from them and she'll be a better person. And and then, oh, Henry Crawford was there and he loves you so much, Fanny. And oh, by the way, my brother got super drunk and now he's really sick. And yeah. I thought that that came from lady bertram yeah that's not in that's not in edmund's first letter oh okay sorry but no so he spends i thought he i thought he like had talked about it but i guess not pretty much pretty much four pages just talking about mary crawford and her friends and like his feelings for mary crawford and how much he hates her friends and stuff like that yeah and then Fanny, we finally see how upset and how much she, like, doesn't like Mary Crawford. Like, oh, we yeah. finally, like, crack that walnut that is Fanny's, like, opinions and brain and stuff. And we get her real feelings. And she's just like... I... Hold on. I love that paragraph following Edmund's letter. I love it. She is finally, like, being a person and not, like, a little robot. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is the first time the the narrator finally gets in there and really tells us. But then she kind of, like, backs off a little bit at the same time. So, like, we get in there and Fanny's really upset. And then they're, they're like, no, 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 back it up, back it up. Because Fanny is still this nice, proper girl who would never, like, think these terrible things and stuff like that. All right. So, like, that paragraph. So after, you know, Edmund writes this huge long letter about poor Mary Crawford and blah, 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 and Henry and, like, talking about Julia and Mariah and whatever is going on there that Fanny really doesn't care about. She just wants to know if he's going to get married to Mary Crawford or not. I was going to say, to the point where at one point she's just like, dude, like, 
get me out of the suspense and just decide if you're going to marry this woman or not. Like, come on. Let there be an end of the suspense. Fix, commit, condemn yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's not happy. Um, but anyway, after the whole long letter, which gives her nothing that she wants and just like a bunch of nonsense, essentially, she's like, I never will. No, I certainly never will wish for a letter again. <laughs> she's just like, if this is what letters are, I don't want any more. And then she's like, what? They're not going to bring me home till after Easter now? Like, my aunt needs me? Like, this is terrible. And then like, she, you know, is like, okay, you know, Sir Thomas will hopefully like come to realization that her aunt needs her and she doesn't want to be here anymore. Like, oh, he's doing this on purpose, essentially. And then she checks that thought. Well, also, so it's likely that Sir Thomas is in Parliament. So that might be another reason why they can't, like, go get her because he's busy doing government stuff. Yeah. So, But yeah. Fanny doesn't so just think saying. about that. Fanny's no. not thinking about no. that. She's just like, he is denying us our happiness and how dare he like she's just irritated and then she like looks at Edmund's stuff and she's like why isn't this settled what what is happening like ask her and get your answer like stop drawing it out like she's just she's just so annoyed and then she's like Edmund says that Mary Crawford is fond of me what no she just cares about herself and her brother she doesn't care about me she's only pretending to care about me to get Edmund to like her like mm-hmm. she's she's not you know, she, she's seen this from the beginning. And and then, like, Edmund's essentially like, I have to keep pursuing her because if I don't, you're going to marry Henry Crawford and then I'm going to lose, like, all of this. Or worse, I won't get her and then you won't get Henry Crawford and then we're going to lose all of our correspondence with them. All Edmund is thinking about is just, like, how him not marrying Mary is going to negatively affect everyone around him. <laughs> Fanny's like, I don't even want to marry this dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But she does calm herself down. Yes. And then um, you're right. Um, She finally gets a letter from her aunt Bertram and Fanny is just assuming that this letter is going to be about what Edmund had tacked on at the end about how the grants are going into Bath. Um, But really, she writes some quick lines. Well, not quick lines, but like a a good sized letter Mm -hmm. um, that explains that. Yes. Tom Jr. got drunk, got sick. Then they, Edmund went to go check on him. Then they were going to bring him back to Mansfield. And then, like, bringing him back to Mansfield made him more sick. Like, there's a section of letters that follow, like, almost daily of her Aunt Bertram, Mm -hmm. like, updating her on Tom's um, illness. And, like, it starts Mm -hmm. off as, like, oh, this is really scary. And then it's, like, oh, everything is chill. It's fine. And she's just describing that, you know, his fever has stopped. And then she gets a letter from Edmund after all of this. And he's, like, shit, Fanny, we got to worry. Like, we're keeping it from our mom because we don't want to freak her out. But it's bad. It's in his lungs. Oh, my gosh. This is not good. Yeah. They think that he has consumption, which is tuberculosis. and. He got it from being drunk, um, though he fell as well. Mm-hmm. So, like, he hurt himself when he fell. And then because he he was drunk and he hurt himself, he ended up getting sick. And they think it's TB. Yes. Which is not good. It was the leading killer during the time. Without a cure. Also, like... They think that what 
spurned this even more is like it's described that Tom was like taken to his friend's house after he fell to like kind of recover and they weren't sending for doctors yet they were just kind of like seeing Mm -hmm. what was happening but nobody in the house was like really checking on him he was just like left with servants and it wasn't until like his condition really worsened that they're like okay let's bring in a doctor so he's probably like sitting alone nobody like really looking in on him except servants and it's just getting worse and worse because nobody's really properly treating with him and whatever's going on. So, and another thing that they point out is that they're concerned that they moved him from town to the country too quickly or too soon mm-hmm. because there aren't physicians mm-hmm. near Mansfield Park. Like they live in or near towns. Mm-hmm. Like because you know they're 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 rare. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to be where rich people are because their services cost a lot of money and those people tend to be in the city. So, yeah. So they're concerned that while they wanted to get him home to help him, you know, help him heal, they may have moved him too soon and because he's just getting worse and worse. Yeah. I was going to say, and everybody is really concerned about this um, and about him. So Fanny is getting all of these letters. And again, she's getting the bad news from Edmund to the point where at one point he actually like wrote something at the bottom of his mother's letter to her. So yeah. Like, so she's like getting all of the good news, like, Oh, he's getting better. And then, Oh no, he's really dying. Um, But then she gets another note, I believe from Mary Crawford. She gets a letter from Mary Crawford and this, Oh, it's dastardly. It doesn't seem like it to the untrained eye, but this letter is awful when you read between the lines Mm -hmm. um she's basically like hey fanny i heard this rumor that tom jr is really sick uh can you enlighten me on that because you know i don't know where mrs rushworth is to check on her i you know julia i forget what street that is or like whatever like but either way i would always ask you like not because of any of the flattering reasons that mary crawford gives her which is like their close bond or connection or that fanny would be privy to such knowledge but because it would look really uncouth to like ask about this to literally anybody else in the family Mm -hmm. and that's why she reaches out to fanny and she is just sniffing around not because she cares about Tom Jr. and his illness. She's like, is he going to die and Edmund's going to get some money? Because if Edmund is a reverend with lots of money, then I'll marry him. But not mm-hmm. if he's a reverend and a second son. To the point where she puts Sir in front of Edmund's name to like see how it sounds yeah. in the letter. Because if Edmund or if Tom dies and Edmund becomes the heir, he will no longer be a clergyman. Not necessarily. He could still no, be that's, a clergyman it says but he here. money. No, he wouldn't be because uh, both would be unnecessary to support him and incompatible with the demands of managing a, lo- a large estate. Well, that's what I figured too. But Mary Crawford like said specifically. It, it it says just in the notation that if he did, he would he would likely give up or he would also give up being a clergyman. No, yeah, that position would be both unnecessary to support him. Yeah. That makes sense. I was just thrown off because um, Mary Crawford has this line in her letter where she says... That's probably because... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you're quoting. 
Where is it? It should be right in here. Because she's talking about, like, how he can do so much more with the Bertram estate in terms of, like, philanthropic things and, like, oh, how much better it would be. And then I could attach myself to a reverend who has an income such as that as opposed to what he was. Right. So that's probably her kind of trying to cover her ass a little bit, probably, to where it sounds less like she's hoping that you know this happens that tom dies so edmund becomes the heir i that's kind of how i took that because we know that edmund would not remain a clergyman if that were the case no yeah he would have to like take over and because we already know and fanny knows that edmund being a clergyman is really the big like issue mary has with marrying edmund um Mary probably doesn't want to blatantly say it like that. So instead of saying, oh, well, if he's not a clergyman, then I'll marry him. She's making it more about the the wealth. Yeah. Instead. Also, I wonder, maybe she says that because, like, you know, Sir Thomas is obviously still around. So, like, maybe Edmund would be a clergyman for a little bit until he would have to really step up and take over the duties at Mansfield Park as Sir Thomas ages. Do you think that's a possibility? Like, he might do this for a bit until whatever, or... I don't know. Either way, it's pretty dastardly. And then she ends the letter with saying, Oh, Fanny, come on, just send me a letter. Henry and I will come get you and we'll take you home. Like, you must be wanted at home. And it's not because they want to take her home because she's wanted at home. It's because Mary wants to make sure she's in a position where as soon as Tom Jr. dies, she can step up and accept Edmund and, like, mm-hmm. eventually be mistress of Mansfield Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fanny, like, puts an immediate stop to that. And she's mm-hmm. like... I don't really know much about Tom's illness, essentially. Um, But my guess is if my uncle's not sending for me, it means that I'm not wanted at home and I would probably be in the way. So, nope. (laughs) But really, she's like, hell no, I'm not. She wants to go home and she's like almost tempted, but she's like, hell no, am I bringing you back into the country to be nearer the Bertrams? Like, not gonna happen, Mary Crawford. What I find interesting about this letter is that at the end, Mary is like, forgive me, my dear Fanny, as soon as you can for my long silence. So she hasn't written Fanny in a long time, and then she writes her with this. Yeah, because something has finally happened to, like, change her prospects. And it's like, you're not really her friend, Mary. Otherwise, you would, like, come on. Come on. You know what else is really interesting about this letter that seems like a little throwaway of a line, but is really intense foreshadowing, is when she is describing how where each of the Bertram daughters are and where her brother is and like oh don't worry Henry's always at Richmond this time of year like he won't have anything to do with Mariah it will be fine Mm -hmm. but then she also says that Mariah is on her own because Rushworth has gone to Bath to stay there a few days and to prick up his mother and bring her back into town so mm-hmm. she like puts and she's like, but don't worry about it. 
Henry loves you. He's not going to flirt with Mariah, even though her husband is gone out of town. (laughs) And they are in each other's society a lot, all of a sudden. Yeah, so, and I don't know if she specifically says it here, but we later find out that Mariah is staying with a friend. Yes. A recent acquaintance. Yes. And Julia, I believe, goes to stay with a family member. Yes. Cousins. Yep. Exactly. Um, But Fanny picks up on that line. Like, out of all this stuff, like, yeah, it's pretty gross. But, like, she picks up on that and, like, sees that he is there just to be Mariah's flirt. Like, she knows what's going on without even really knowing herself. See, I didn't pick that up. Um, So after the letter, Fanny is like musing about it to herself. And she's like going through all this stuff. And she's like, to be finding herself perhaps within three days transported to Mansfield was an image of great felicity, but it would have been a drawback owing such felicity to persons in whose feelings and conduct at the present moment she saw so much to condemn the sister's feelings the brother's conduct her cold-hearted ambition his thoughtless vanity to have him still the acquaintance the flirt perhaps of mrs rushworth she was mortified Uh, yes 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 okay and then she's like she like says to herself i almost believed he loved me i almost believed it but now this and so now i know so here's the interesting thing about about uh Henry Crawford mm-hmm. and the his his loving Fanny Price is that the narrator the book itself tells you that he did love Fanny mm-hmm. that there is no doubt mm-hmm. that he loved Fanny mm-hmm. and that he got caught up in his own uh Vanity is a good word. Um, Conquest. Cockiness. Yeah. So he got caught up in this because it it initially started as him wanting to just kind of rekindle what had been there before. It was a small challenge. And he still loves Fanny. And then it spiraled out of control. And that he still loves Fanny despite his his mistakes, knowing that he, those mistakes means that he can't have her anymore. But what's interesting is but last week you asked me if I thought that he actually loved her. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think that he thinks he loves her and stuff like that. And we all like are looking at this book and thinking, oh, it, he clearly doesn't actually love her because he wouldn't have done all of these things. You know, he was just putting on a face which is what i initially thought as well but the book tells us that he loves fanny you can love fanny and still be a bit two-faced i believe like you can have like the right intentions but still like do the wrong things um and i believe also like there is still a point where him wanting to love her is the reason why he loves her like he loves her Mm -hmm. the book says he loves her but what the book doesn't say is that he loves her for all the wrong reasons. And, like, seeing all this play out just kind of shows you that, yeah, it's only because of what she represents and could do for him, not, you know, any interest in being an equal partner or whatever. Because even at the end of the book, when Fanny's musing over this or the narrator is musing over it, it does say... Or maybe it was when they were talking, when Edmund was having the conversation with her. But it does say something along the lines of, if you had married Crawford, Fanny 
you would you and Henry would still have to be within the society of the rest worse because of the familial mm-hmm. connection. And so like things could have still happened. Like mm-hmm. there wouldn't be no cure of this, whether you have Fanny's affections or not. Um, because all the only reason why Henry is interested in pursuing Mariah is because Mariah is like hating on him hardcore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, mm-hmm. I need to change that. And I don't think him being with Fanny would make that situation any different. He could no, still I marry agree. Fanny, be in contact with Mariah, Mariah hates him, and still have an indiscretion. I just wanted to bring up that the book tells us that Henry loves Fanny because I feel like when we're reading this, we're because we know that he's a trash king, mm-hmm. uh, we're always like, well, he doesn't actually. Well, he doesn't actually. Or, oh, hey, you know, and even Fanny's like, no, he doesn't actually love me. But the truth of the matter is, according to the book, he does indeed actually love her. Despite the fact that, you know, all of this happens and we as readers and Fanny herself very clearly don't think he actually does. Yeah. So I just wanted to reiterate that the truth, according to the book, is that Henry Crawford loves Fanny Price. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a good point to bring up. <laughs> just so then we remind ourselves as we move into this next thing yes okay so after yeah. mary crawford's like dastardly letter she gets another quick note from her sometime later and it is very cryptic all mm-hmm. it says essentially is like fanny i don't know if you've heard anything i'm just not gonna repeat it but like don't believe anything you heard we're trying to get it hushed up don't worry about it it's fine henry loves you everything is good but like Mm -hmm. don't believe anything you hear do you want us to come get you tell us to come get you we're gonna go back to mansfield park with julia (laughs) and fanny's like what what is this i'm sure it will all be hushed up and nothing proved but rushworth's folly what what does that mean what what? What does that mean? <laughs> and do you know how she finds out what happened? Her dad is reading the newspaper and Mr. Price is like, is this is this your family, Fanny, in the newspaper? <laughs> like, read this. And it's in the newspaper that Mariah and Rushworth had a big old domestic and Mariah left Rushworth's house and is shacked up with Anne Crawford. Accounts of elopements and other misdeeds among the fashionable elite were popular in newspapers. Use of initials were also standard. This prevented the parties from becoming infamous generally, while still giving enough information, including addresses, to allow those who knew them to guess their identity. So a little bit of a, like, Lady Whistledown kind of situation. It totally is. <laughs> But it's like, so while obviously Bridgerton is very much a fictional thing, this something that actually happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just written in newspapers because, of course, people are going to want to know about the elite and the high society and the goings on, especially because, especially those who lived in London, like, there was this air of, like, like an air of infidelity. Like, everybody was sleeping with everybody yeah. else. You know, like, Human all of nature. the men were scoundrels and all the women were loose. <laughs> It's like the Wild West, but they're just like hoity-toity upper class people. Yeah. Yeah. So like people like Mr. Price, maybe not Mr. Price, but people like Mr. Price might want to like know this stuff because they think that everything is scandal and that it turns out, oh, hey, look, everything is scandal. Not even that. It's like 
somebody like Mr. Price would be interested in this because he doesn't have a lot of money. He's like not fashionable, you know, and he's just like, see these rich people? They think they're better than us. They're not better than us. They're just like us. And like, here's the proof that Mm -hmm. they are. Or he could at the very least be like, well, I might not have any money, but at least I'm not cheating on my wife. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, oh, at least my daughters aren't like fast and loose like this. Because he even says like, I don't know about that Sir Thomas, how he's probably like a gentleman, but I tell you, by God, Fanny, if that were my daughter, I'd beat the crap out of her, which like, okay, (laughs) violence is not okay. You should not beat your children at all. But he's just like. I'd hit her until I couldn't stand anymore. <laughs> and like, and I'd hit the guy too, because maybe both of them need sense knocked into him. But it's just like, oh my gosh, Mr. Price, that is too much for this time of the day. <laughs> um, I have a quick question for you. Um, and I mm-hmm. don't know if this is like mentioned in the annotated version or not, but I was confused by some terminology in the newspaper article. Okay. So, um, it's talking about the domestic disagreement. Um, the word fracas means like a domestic, yeah. Uproar, a, disturbance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it says, the beautiful Mrs. R, whose name had not been long enrolled in the lists of hymen, but it's spelled H-Y-M-E-N. Does that have like a connection to like, like, is it is that implying like she's been married to this? rushworth guy and like that implies that she's like you know intimate with her husband like she's not been long in list like or it doesn't mean so it says this is a fancy way of saying she has not long been married hymen is the ancient greek god of marriage okay because i know there's like women isn't that like what they refer to like if you have your hymen intact then that you're a quote unquote virgin which we know like that in modern times that's not true by but. saying by saying that she has not been long or has not long been enrolled in the lists of hymen means that she hasn't been married long enough because if she wasn't married she wouldn't be on the god of marriages list got it okay so it connects to that and it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have like no. the no um, but i'm sure there's that connotation oh okay okay yeah yeah i was just curious about it so fanny reads that and she's like well shit uh-huh <laughs> she's she, at first she doesn't believe it she's like this can't be my family this can't be true but then she's like mm-hmm. well who else could it be <laughs> Mm-hmm. and then she and remembers Wimple mary Street. crawford's yeah oh yeah and she knows she knows exactly where her cousin lives mm-hmm. uh because mary crawford has told her and then of course mary's note had come earlier in that day yeah so yeah it is not good my favorite response is mrs price though where it's like indeed i hope it's not true it would be so very shocking Hmm, I've spoken once to Rebecca about that carpet. It's like, oh, so shocking. Hey, I thought I told the maid to clean that up. She's just like, her, she's been separated from her sister for so long. She knows nothing about her sister's kids. So she's just like, mm-hmm. this doesn't concern me. But you can see that your own daughter is upset. That should concern you. And I think it does. Like, there are times when, like, Fanny's getting a lot of correspondence. And, like, while she isn't, Mrs. Price isn't, like caring about like the particulars in the correspondence there is a little bit of concern for how fanny is reacting to it the book does say that in like one passing sentence um but really the only person who truly cares about what's going on is susan 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Edmund finally writes to Fanny to kind of confirm what happened and then also to pass along that Julia has run off with Yates to Scotland to get married. Mm-hmm. Because as we've spoken about before, like you had to be a certain age or have permissions from your family to get married, except if you were in Scotland. So people would go to Scotland and elope. This is pretty much what uh, what Lydia did in Pride and Prejudice. It is. It is exactly like what she did, for sure. And the family is like, Julia did this. Julia went to go stay with this family member. So it would be easier for her to elope with Yates. Julia planned mm-hmm. to elope with Yates. By the end of the book, we learn that that's not the case. Julia could see Mariah heading down a dark and dirty path with Henry Crawford. And she wanted mm-hmm. to distance herself from that. One, she wanted to distance herself from Henry Crawford because she didn't want to risk being attracted to him and falling in love with him mm-hmm. again. And two, because she could probably sense that Mariah was going to do something wrong and she wanted to be distanced from that. Right, which is why she left. So yeah. as soon as Henry Crawford started hanging about, Julia's like, I'm leaving. So then she went to her cousin's house. And then when she saw what Mariah was doing, she realized, oh, shit, Mariah is going to shame the family, which is going to make it harder for me, not only by societal standards, but my dad is going to be real mad. He's going to lock me up. (laughs) It's going to be it's going to be a Mr. Bennett situation where he's like, Kitty, you're not leaving the house till you're 30. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So she's just like, shit. Well, I really like this guy. This might be my only shot to like marry this guy so i'm gonna do what's best for me right now and in all honesty i don't blame her i don't blame her either at all because a lot of what's talked about in the the end of this book is the the double standard uh when it comes to women and how they're treated when they you know (laughs) when they sleep with somebody else (laughs) it's yeah Yeah. and like props to austin for like pointing this out well, so that's actually talked about a little bit here in that, uh, like, because there is very much double standard, uh, especially because, like, obviously, when somebody has a baby, you know who the mother is, but you don't always know who the father is. Mm-hmm. And because of that fact, people were harsher on women for sleeping around because, like, men, I guess, because it like you couldn't prove who the father was it was a little bit more acceptable but like a woman like oh you know whether or not this is like your husband's child or something like that or you your husband won't know if this is his child because you're sleeping around you Mm -hmm. know and there's like this whole double standard and women were like it was harsher for women who slept around and left their husbands and stuff like that and it's it was it was sick uh it's it still is because women are still very much it's a double standard it's just like the laws and society is not as harsh as it was back then um but here's the thing while austin very clearly points out the double standard she doesn't call for any type of like ease on the women Mm -hmm. she calls for more like restrictions on the men who also sleep around Mm -hmm. so it's less of a hey let's not be so harsh on women and more of a no we need to be harsher on the men if women are going to be treated (laughs) x then the men who do that also need to be treated x like right right yeah which 
for at that time, I think it's yeah. pretty progressive of her. Like, it's still, of course, problematic, but I think it's mm-hmm. good to, like, call out the scoundrels who do it because oh no i agree i just wanted to point out that austin wasn't like oh yeah no let's lessen up on the harsh treatment of women no No, no, she still thinks women should have been treated harshly for what they did but men should also have been treated harshly for what they did because this entire book is about like moral upstanding of course she's not going to have that message in this even if she thought like women should be maybe have less harsh treatment it wouldn't be in this particular Mm -hmm. book where the theme of morality is so heavily prevalent and you have a character like fanny price who is so moral she's like Mm -hmm. and to the point that she's angelic and can't do anything wrong essentially Mm -hmm. so she wouldn't Mm -hmm. put that point in here um but yeah but anyway so my point is i kind of agree with what julia did so yeah because she was like you know what like mariah's actions are going to reflect on me and i don't deserve that and this is my only shot because like this guy likes me he's not terrible he might be the only or the best chance i have mm-hmm. after what after this comes out about mariah so i might as well do this and she kind of works him. out she's not in yeah. love with him and the book says no. like oh she's you know she's she's not sure of her affections but she does it anyway because why not i mean i feel based on like the little hints that we got previously when they were doing the play and stuff like that like and the fact that she just chose to do this makes me feel like, at the very least, she liked him better than Mariah liked Rushworth. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, like, I feel like with those same hints and stuff that we got and, like, what it says at the end where even Sir Thomas was like, well, all right, he has more money than I thought. He has less debt than what I thought. So all in mm-hmm. all, it kind of works out. And she seems happy. Which is funny because I do remember, like, talking about way back when, uh, when like he found out that Yates was there when Sir Thomas found out Yates was there and he's just like I don't like this guy. And I'm like I feel like he's he's being too harsh on him because he knows that Yates is friends with Tom and Tom is really bad at like keeping money and like you know because he's being the first son going out and doing whatever the hell he wants. So I think he's just assuming Yates is the same way. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out Yates is not the same. No. He does not have the same debts. He has more money. And while he might be a thespian <laughs> or a wanting to be one, uh, I feel like he was a little too harsh on Yates back then. <laughs> I do too. I also feel like we might see Yates as a womanizer because Tom is a womanizer. Right. Like it's implied yeah. that way. But like Yates has been pretty steadily mm-hmm. into Julia and it's and we got those nuggets throughout. So even his character there might be you know, a positive thing. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, all the news is out. They tried to hush it up, but um, they couldn't. Which, yeah. Well, and so uh, I think it's Mary Crawford or somebody eventually like blames Rushworth for the fact that this doesn't stay hush hush because he starts talking about it. Like he, t- he tells his mother about it and his mother isn't going to keep it quiet because she doesn't like Mariah. But at the same time, he also tells his servants. No. Mariah's servant caught them and Ah, she's like shut the fuck up about this or maybe it was Mrs. Rushworth's servant or something but like she was threatened by Mariah to be Mm -hmm. like don't you say anything and that servant is like I'm telling everybody (laughs) (laughs) and she does and like even Rushworth's mother is like yeah tell everybody I want everybody to know I want shame brought upon Mariah 
Um, and Rusher just goes along with whatever. Like he's mm-hmm. he's not gonna like think for himself. He's just gonna go along with it with whatever. And then the fact that Mariah didn't stay at Rushworth's house, the fact that she left to go live with Henry Crawford sealed the fate. Like he she was because mm-hmm. Th- Sir Thomas got this letter from his friend who is also friends with Rushworth, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, all this stuff is happening. You need to get down here, Sir Thomas." And like either get your daughter or like make sure your daughter stays with him hurry 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 and sir thomas is like making preparations to go to london and then he gets a letter the next day and he's like well never mind she's already left and you're fucked sorry yeah yeah because she does she goes to live with henry crawford thinking that he's gonna marry her and he doesn't doesn't so but she lives with him for a while because a lot of people are holding out hope that she will even mary crawford is like we gotta force him to marry her. Like, that's the only way to save face. That's, uh, so Edmund sees Mary Crawford after all of this happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they obviously talk about their siblings. And yeah, Mary's like, well, he'll just marry her and it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. And cause, and Edmund's like, there's, this is terrible. Like, there's no way we can get married now because of this. Like, yeah. that, that can't be a thing. Our families can't be connected like this. Like, it just can't happen. And yeah, she's just like, oh, no, it'll be fine. They'll get married. And he's just like, no, that still doesn't work. No. <laughs> yeah, he's, she's essentially says to him, the only way that anybody can get better is if they get married. And then when they get married, you and I can get married and then we'll invite them into our, our house after time has passed. You know, they won't be able to like mix with like some society, but with the right people like you and me, Edmund, leading the way, they will be able to eventually overcome this to a point where they're somewhat in respectable circles. And he's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? That can, that will never, <laughs> first of all, that will never happen. Second of all, that can never happen. And he's finally realizing that it's like, and this is the point he makes to Fanny because he's telling Fanny all this. It's like, Mary Crawford doesn't care about what they did. She only Mm -mm. cares that they got caught. She said Mm -hmm. the only bad thing about this is that they got caught. And she's pissed off at, like, Rushworth for, like, coming in. And she's mad at Mariah and Henry for, like, doing this when there are servants around. And, like, she's she's not mad at their behavior. She's mad at, like, how they went about it because they were stupid and got caught. Right. And Mary Crawford's, uh, again, the one who brings up the fact that, like, this could have stayed hush-hush had Rushworth, like, kept it Mm hush-hush. But it wasn't. And the fact that it wasn't now makes it a bigger deal than it actually is, according to her. Not even that, but you know what? Had Fanny just accepted my brother, none of this Mm -hmm. would have happened. He would have went into Norfolk like he was supposed to, and he wouldn't have stayed here. And, like, he wouldn't have been tempted to flirt with Mariah and blah, 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 blah. It's all Fanny's fault. And not even does Mary, like, say this, but the other person who thinks this is Mrs. Norris. Oh, yeah. No, Mrs. Norris is very much, very much upset at at Fanny. Uh, Norris, instead of having comfort from either, was but the mere was but the more irritated by the sight of the person whom in the blindness of her anger she could have charged as the demon of the peace. Yes. Had Fanny accepted Mr. Crawford, this could not have happened. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, 
I feel like she's harsher on Fanny because she's also mad at herself because she's like, I can't save face from this. I set up Mariah and Rushworth. I encouraged it. I made it happen. Mm-hmm. I Mariah's been my very obvious favorite from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. I can't come back from this. The only person I can see who is going to be less than me is Fanny. And that's why, like, she yeah. is so harsh with her. Well, and so later on in the last chapter, when we really kind of see, like, Sir Thomas, like, starting to realize, like, his flaws and the flaws of his children and stuff, a lot of that comes to Mrs. Norris, because Mrs. Norris was so, like, affectionate and giving and kind of just allowing the girls to do whatever they wanted, that he then, because he was trying to be more strict with them, kind of came off as the villain, so they leaned more towards Mrs. Norris, and, like... She didn't actually teach them what they needed to know. She didn't teach them those moral values that they should have learned and could have learned had he not been seen as the villain or been seen as the strict one. And so Sir Thomas, we find out, is also very much like upset with Mrs. Norris and everything that's happened and blames her for a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So not only does Mrs. Norris like see that she can't save face and that the only person below her is Fanny, but also that, you know, her standing in this family is very much deteriorating. Yeah. She doesn't even, like, do anything to help anybody anymore. She's just, like, done. And then, like, Fanny is not going anywhere, she comes to realize. Like, so Mm -hmm. she leaves. She leaves Mansfield altogether with Mariah. Well, so... To the point of Fanny isn't going anywhere, we kind of glossed over. Fanny does go back to Mansfield and she brings Susan along with her. Mm -hmm. So Edmund comes to get them. And actually, we hear a lot about Edmund and Mary Crawford's uh, conversation and stuff through Edmund when he's talking with Fanny, kind of at some point during their trip. So It's after they get home. He can't talk because Susan's there. So after they get home, that's when it all comes out. He mentions something about it a little bit he one does. of the nights that it's they're there. Weird yeah. What he says. So, yeah. yeah, he's kind of really vague, but then when they get home, yeah, they do that. Uh, but yeah, so Susan is at Mansfield Park now, too. So the fact that like Susan is there, Fanny is there, and it doesn't look like they're going anywhere. And obviously, like Susan is now kind of like becoming part of the family and taking and like working with Fanny and helping Fanny do the things that Fanny normally does around the house and stuff like that. Mrs. Norris is definitely seeing that they're not going anywhere. So yeah, eventually after Henry Crawford leaves Mariah, Mariah's like, well, what the heck am I supposed to do? And Sir Thomas is like, well, she's not coming back here. Like that's not happening. So Mrs. Norris is like, okay, fine. I guess I'll go live with her. She can come. So she goes, Well, they go, they move. They don't, they're not even in the same town. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, they move to a different county. Uh, It says country, but it's county. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, that's just, she's just. They're, they're each other's punishments. Yeah. I'm looking for the note. Because apparently a lot of people, or apparently a big criticism of this uh, moved by Mrs. Norris is that it doesn't seem like it's within character for her because there's a note in here that says the plausibility of Mrs. Norris's actions can be questioned for while she's shown strong affection for Mariah she's also shown a consistently stronger concern for herself mm-hmm. and by going to live with Mariah she's really digging herself a social hole so but at the same time like we know that 
like obviously Mrs. Norris's status at Mansfield Park is deteriorating. Um, we also know that Sir Thomas, while he won't let Mariah live in his house, he's still going to pay for Mariah's yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So between Mariah's income from her father and Mrs. Norris's income, they'll be able to live quite well where they do live and have money and stuff like that. They just won't have the social standing. So um, overall, while a lot of people criticize this move by Mrs. Norris, apparently, um, it's just kind of thought of, well... It's a nice little way to tie off the ends of these characters' stories. (laughs) I can see that criticism, but I don't know. I feel like at this point with how sunk it is and, like, what we know at this time in society with, like, how women who, like, left their husbands were treated or, like, caught in scandalous things like that, I feel like it is plausible. Especially with, like, Mariah being Mrs. Norris's favorite. Like, who else would it fall to? And I feel like Mrs. Norris doesn't want to be around Fanny. She definitely doesn't want to be around Susan. Like, nobody has a use for her. So she, you know, she she might as well be with somebody who might look favorably upon her. Because nobody else is going to. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that it was an odd comment as well. But again, uh, I haven't seen much discourse about this topic because I haven't looked into it because I hadn't read the book until now. So, yeah, I just thought that it was an interesting note. Yeah, I mean, I could totally see it. it. I agree that it's not in her character to do that. But like with all the other circumstances surrounding it, she has no other moves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Personally. Yeah, that's how I see it. So. Mariah's now living with Mrs. Norris. Julia got engaged. So well, Thomas she is got okay married. with it. Oh, she got married. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I met I don't know why engaged came up. So Julia got married and Sir Thomas is eventually okay with it. Tom is getting better. Tom is getting better. So he's not dying. Sorry, Mary Crawford. Edmund and Mary Crawford are over. Yeah. And also Tom getting better. He kind of learned his lesson, like his sickness, like humbled him a lot. And like, he's starting to like grow up a bit. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, Susan becomes a more essential staple within Mansfield Park. Because. Because uh, Edmund. Pulls his head out of his ass. And realizes, oh, Fanny likes me or Fanny's here. I'll just marry Fanny. But he's, like, nervous about it. He's like, well, we've always been brotherly and sisterly to each other. And then he finds out that Fanny's, like, really loved him this whole time. He's like, oh. He's, like, shocked by it. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. I have some issues with this. So it says that he has such a regard for her, indeed, as his had long been, a regard... Founded on the most endearing claims of innocence and helplessness. I'm endeared to her because she is innocent and helpless. Cool, dude. Well, when she was 10 years old, she was, and she was in a new place. Like, yes, he was drawn to, like, be the only nice person to her. That's not what this is saying, though. He's realizing that he has a regard for her, and that regard is founded on the most endearing claims of innocence and helplessness, which he's still seeing in her, that she is innocent and helpless. Um. Then later on, he goes on to say that he he likes her mind, her mind in so great a degree formed by his care. 
Oh, I totally did not pick up on that. So what you're saying is he only likes her because he essentially groomed her to be exactly what he wanted. He's realizing that he groomed her because he was there and helping her and, you know, uh, loving, guiding, protecting her as he had ever been doing since her being 10 years old. Her mind in so great a degree formed by his care. Her comfort depending on his kindness. It sounds like grooming. Now, he might not have been doing it intentionally, but at this point in oh, his yeah, life, he's he like, oh, too. I should marry her because I've groomed her to be exactly what I want. He later then goes on to say, oh, she's only, she, of course, was only too good for him. She she is too good for him. She is. She is too good for him. But yeah, no, that whole section just screams grooming. Now, obviously, part of grooming is like intentionally doing it to then like get the 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 woman to do what you want and to be what you want and only to be what you want and while we don't think that he was obviously doing that intentionally to like groom her so then she's what he wants to marry her he was aiding her what's the word of like so his his intentions when she was growing up was mostly just to make sure she was a good person you know so, like, helping teach her morals and that she's a good person and stuff like that. It wasn't so then he could then marry her um, and she was what he wanted. But the way it is written in here, as he's coming to realize, oh, hey, I want to be with Fanny. The way it's coming across here is very much screaming grooming. And it's very uncomfortable. And I don't like it. Yeah, you're right. He's he's realizing once he finally gets over Miss Crawford and he gets over... Miss Crawford with Fanny's help. Like he's mm-hmm. like essentially info dumping on pa- on Fanny all summer long. Like Sir Thomas noticed them like, oh, they go sit under the trees together. And he like talks to her about his feelings. And like, that's how he's finally able to get over Mary Crawford. And like at the moment when he gets over her, he's like, oh, Fanny, you've been here all along. And then he's like, well, of course it makes sense. I should be with Fanny because, you know, Fanny and I, talk to each other all of our lives and like I helped inform her opinions and I gave her this and I did that and like of course it makes sense that we should be together because we're so in tune but like I contributed to us being so I'm the reason like we're in tune yeah it is kind of weird that he's like making that connection that I feel like if he could just, like, say these things and not have the part about him playing a big mm-hmm. role in it, I it would be fine. Like, because mm-hmm. all of these things are true about Fanny. And I think that even without, like, you know what? I don't know. This is, this is like, screaming from Edmund's mind, right? Edmund mm-hmm. is, like, thinking these things. And, like, this goes back to my theory that Edmund is, like, a baby fuckboy. Mm-hmm. And, like... I feel like this is a little unreliable. I feel like... Oh, it's super egotistical. Yeah, it's like all Edmund's thought processes Mm -hmm. and like trying to like get over Mary Mm -hmm. and bridge this connection with the feelings he's having for Fanny now. And he's trying to like be like, why would I feel this way? Not because Mm -hmm. I love Fanny, but because I did X, Y, and Z. Well, it's it's not... It's not because Fanny is a good person. It's because I helped develop Fanny into a good person. Yeah. But Fanny would have been a good person no matter what. She would have been a good person on her own no matter what. Because she had that disposition already. It's just, 
he is Edmund is like kind of thinking he's the cause of it, but he's really not. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, not at all. Fanny would be the same person, I think, without without Edmund uh, formed her mind in his care. <laughs> Although I feel like he does kind of make a little bit of a connection with him falling for Mary Crawford and like how out of character that should be for him. And like, that's why he amends that Fanny is like way better than he is because she has been constant. She was not sucked in by Henry Crawford. She refused mm-hmm. him at every point, whereas he was the weak one and like mm-hmm. he was brought in by this. And it almost feels like he's having to tell himself these things so that he can like prove that he is worthy of Fanny. Because I feel like if he didn't, he would never feel himself worthy of her, which I don't think he really is. Yeah, no. But in general, like, maybe maybe that's the reasoning behind it. Like, this is what I'm giving Edmund the benefit of the doubt. Like, he is, like, having these egotistical thoughts in this moment because he has to find a way to show that he is equally, he has an equal claim on Fanny's heart. Because if he doesn't, like, attribute all of the work that he did, quote-unquote work he did, to, like, make Fanny who she is, which he didn't, we know, Mm -hmm. then he would never, ever have the courage to, like, say that he loves her or whatever. I get it. It's just... But yeah, it is kind of weird. Um, But, you know, Fanny's just so in love with him that she's like, yeah, duh, dude, finally. (laughs) And then, like, she gets to tell him that... I've been in love with you this whole time. And he's like, what? <laughs> you know what this, 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 um, what's that Taylor Swift song? She's cheer captain oh, and I'm on the bleachers. That's this. Like, it's the song where she's like, what's that song called? I don't know. I'm That's s- like early, guys, early guys, I'm Taylor I'm really Swift. sorry for singing. I apologize. Um, I have no idea. Because <laughs> I was terrible. Whatever that song is, like, that's this book. That's his book. So Sir Thomas is finally okay with them getting you married. Belo- Hold uh- on, <laughs> It's called You Belong With Me. Why can't you see you belong? Whatever. I'm going to cut that out. But the song is called You Belong With Me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's this book. <laughs> so Sir Thomas is finally okay with this and Katrina cut out singing. Um, so then I just put that in there so then she can't cut it because my voice is very, very strung together. So Sir Thomas is finally okay with Fanny and Edmund getting together. So they do. Because and he, they go live it. In- wait, because he realizes that Fanny was the good daughter he always wanted to have all along. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because um, remember how I was talking about how Sir Thomas starts to realize that like, um, Mrs. Norris's influence on his daughters was pretty much what turned them sour. Uh, he realized that Mrs. Norris didn't have that influence on Fanny. Yeah. Um, but his influence was heavy on Fanny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so they get married. Uh- <laughs> yeah. I feel like this chapter, um, because it's not just here where Sir Thomas realizes, like, oh, I'm okay with him. I'm okay with Fanny being with Edmund. It's like he's realizing all of the things that he did wrong. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is a huge section of growth for Sir Thomas. 
And like oh, I yeah. remember you were concerned with like, is he going to be like the guy in Northanger Abbey, the captain? The captain? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like I feel like he's not. I feel like General. He... Sorry, he was a oh, general. Sorry. Okay, the general, thank you. I'm so stuck in C terms in like this because of all this. No. Okay, yeah. Anyway. No, he was he was a general. He was a general. Uh, his son yeah. was a captain. There we go. Yeah. Um yeah. but anyway, I I feel like he does realize all the things mm-hmm. that he does wrong and he does set about to make it right by like giving yeah. Fanny all of the attentions that she deserves. Right. I agree. I was a little afraid that like it was going to be a situation where they had to wait and not actually get married because, you know, like in Northanger Abbey. But yeah, no, at the end of this, uh, Sir Thomas definitely comes around and he realizes his mistakes and everything but he's also really forced to mm-hmm. i mean like general tilney did not he was not forced to in the same way until uh his daughter got married yeah. so yeah but sir thomas i think definitely comes out i think i think a lot of people come out of this for the better uh with the exception of maybe mariah and mrs norris uh they definitely have to sit and wallow in their sorrow and their trash um mm-hmm. and then of course Mary Crawford and Henry Crawford we don't really know what happens. Well, Mary eventually gets married. She finds a wealthier man or she finally gets some some wealthier men no. looking at her. Yeah. No. She lives with her sister because she can't she will never settle on another second son, but she's also very much like unable to get over Edmund. For Mary, though perfectly resolved against ever attaching herself to a younger brother again, was long in finding among the dashing representatives or idle heir parents who were at the command of her beauty and her 20,000 pounds, anyone who could satisfy the better taste she had acquired at Mansfield. So, like... Oh, I think I misheard that. Okay. She can't She can't pick on one guy because she's been influenced so much by Mansfield Park and, like... Yeah. Whatever. See, I I misheard that. Sorry. My mistake. So Mary Crawford is stuck living with her sister, who, by the way, is now a widow because Dr. Grant. um, So the Grants had to leave the the parish uh, because of everything that had happened. He got a new appointment in London, but he was still technically employed there. They can't like it's a whole thing. So um, so while while he wasn't at Mansfield Park. He hired a curate to kind of run things there because Sir Thomas couldn't give the position to somebody else until Dr. Grant died. Well, it turns out he had a stroke, so uh, he's dead. Uh, So Mrs. Grant is now living with Mary Crawford. And because the position in the Mansfield Park Parish is now open because Dr. Grant died, uh, Sir Thomas gives it to Edmund, which is perfect because Thornton Lacey, while it's great for Fanny and Edmund, uh, they need more money because they're going to have a baby. And she can be near her Aunt Bertram, who, like, did not want to part with Fanny. If It wasn't Sir Thomas we had to worry about all along, Elle. It Mm-mm. was Lady Bertram, who would never <laughs> yeah. part with Fanny. But because Susan came to stay, she's like, oh, okay, I like Susan better. <laughs> yeah, so then they uh, they pretty much moved back to Mansfield Park, essentially, because they lived in the parish. So they're living in the parish outside Mansfield Park. And they're at Mansfield Park all the fucking time. Yeah. And all the bad people are gone. And they lived happily ever after. (laughs) The end. (laughs) And that's it for Mansfield Park. That's it. 
I really don't know why people hate on Fanny Price so much. I didn't hate her that much. I did not hate her at all. I think she's great, personally. <laughs> I mean, she's no Lizzie Bennet. No. But I definitely hated Emma more. Yeah. <laughs> Fanny's totally fine. Like, she does the right thing. She isn't, like, too hoity-toity for everybody. Like, I don't know. I feel like the peop- the things that people call out and are, like, her ability to not speak up for herself. But, like, mm-hmm. that's not in her character or her nature to do mm-hmm. that. And, like, I don't see that as a detriment. Um, yeah. Yeah. So next week, um, we have our wrap-up episode in Superlatives. And I have a project for myself a question that or like a theory um I mentioned it at the beginning a theory that I was like kind of musing and thinking about as I was finishing up this book um and I kind of feel like the great love story quote because like it's not a romance but there's love in it there's Mm -hmm. love story aspects Mm -hmm. in it the great love story is not Fanny and Edmund because like we know that that's going to be the pairing at the end. It's pretty obvious because, like, they're the hero and the heroine. Like, they'll have to get mm-hmm. together and all of that. But, like, how they interact with each other throughout the novel doesn't really set them up at all to get together, mm-hmm. right? However, I think the real great love story of this novel is Fanny and Sir Thomas. And I don't mean, like, romantic love <laughs> at all. I okay. mean, like, paternal love. Like, uh-huh. and I feel like that love story and how, like, they change with each other and, like, interact with each other throughout the novel is, like, way more interesting and way more developed than the love between Edmund and Fanny. And I feel like maybe that's what we should look for. Okay. So you want to talk about Fanny and Sir Thomas next week? I mean, I'm going to. If you want to talk about something <laughs> else, you can, like bring in if you had something else that like was way more interesting to you i mean henry and fanny that connection i you know we talked about a lot throughout the novel as well no i feel like the main themes of this novel are obviously like morality and like what equals a moral person and what doesn't because obviously like that's a thing fanny is very moral and the other women around her aren't Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and i feel like well, it's pretty obvious. We didn't really talk about it too much. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know what I'm going to talk about next week. Okay. I feel like another strong theme is like family and found family. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is something that we missed on in these last five chapters that I think we should pay more attention to next week. And that's how Fanny realizes that Mansfield Park is her real home. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, at the very least, we'll talk about something next week. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, we'll also be doing our superlatives, uh, which I promise this time I'll actually post on the internet because mm-hmm. I don't think I ever did the ones for Northanger Abbey. I apologize for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So that's it for uh, this episode. We finally finished Mansfield Park and next week we will talk about the book overall. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll see you then. Bye.
With Beyond Measure is hosted by me, Katrina Mayer. And me, Al Kammerer. We're part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Our music was composed by Shane Ivers, and our artwork was created by the beautiful and talented Katie Keneally. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can find us on our website at withbeyondmeasure.com, or follow us on Instagram for all of our updates, memes, and just fun stuff. Our handle is at WBMpodcast. I'm going to say that again. It's WBMpodcast.